Today is Friday, September the 16th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down tomorrow's game as South Carolina hosts the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs at Williams-Brice Stadium. Guys, I will break down this game in its entirety. We'll talk top storylines, key matchups to watch, keys the game, and I will give my lead pipe lock of the week prediction as well. Also, your listener questions guys we have got a packed show for you here on this friday and of course as always it's brought to you by our friends over at red fox roofing guys red fox roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the carolinas they're proud south kind of gamecock fans servicing the local columbia charleston and most of the surrounding areas they offer free inspections for storm damage free same day estimates for full roof replacements and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. That's why they use Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle manufacturer on the market who's partnered with 3M and has a Scotch Guard protection on their shingles. They offer a lifetime algae-resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. Now, when it comes to the best possible pricing, they've got you covered there as well. Red Fox Roofing is going to be any written estimate and allows financing as well. They service every home as if it was theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart. Guys, simply put, they always leave it better than they found it. Give them a call today, 843-364-3023. That's 843-364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing, or if you have any questions, go to their website at redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Or in life, 
adversity is inevitable. But you know what trumps adversity? You know what combats it more than anything? Consistency. Consistency trumps adversity. As the great Babe Ruth once said, my favorite all-time baseball player, he said, and I quote, it's hard to beat a person who never gives up. It is the consistent man or woman that wins in the long run. So while the adversity may be there on a day-in, day-out basis, so will we with our consistency. Folks, happy Friday, TGIF. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show, as always, and we need to bring that consistency to the field tomorrow and consistently punch Georgia in the damn mouth as the Gamecocks and Bulldogs get set to do battle. Hope you're all doing well. Hope the show does find you. I don't know where you are, what you are doing. I'm fired up. Hey, we got a big one. We got a good one today as we talk this game tomorrow as the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs come to town. Hey, it's been an interesting week, right? It's been a fun week talking about this game. I know we're all ready. As we hit the boiling point, toe will meet leather. Whenever you're listening to this, we're probably around 24 hours away from kickoff. And again, I want to say to you all, thank you all so much for yet another successful week on the home front. We feel the love here over the Spurs Up show on the merchandise side of the business, the podcast, the Daily Crow, everything that we do. I truly appreciate it. The love. And the support. Guys, before we dive into everything, because I'm so ready, I'm itching to talk about this game and talk about some ball. One quick reminder the TSUS tailgate will take place tomorrow at Seawells. If you don't know where Seawells is, spot 78 right across the street from the Rocket in the fairgrounds and just down the road from Jay's Corner. Again, I've posted the map on social media, all the details for the tailgate are on social media. The TSUS and Big Cock Club flags will be flying, and I can assure you they will be flying high and flying proud at the tailgate. Cannot wait to see you there. I'll be out there bright and early, 8 a.m. My crew of folks will be out there as well. Also, some exciting things. We will have Beamer Ball towels and koozies for sale. So towels and koozies on sale. Yet again, if you ordered towels and or koozies for this Georgia game, you should be receiving those no later than today. Also, we have koozies and stickers to give away to you folks. My good friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants, shout out to them. Of course, the presenters of our Lead Pipe Lock of the Week, which we will get into later in this show. Uh, my good friend Dallas has made us koozies for the tailgate and really for out throughout this entire season for our events and everything else. They've got his logo on one side, my logo on the other. They're a really nice, clean, white koozie. We will hand those out to all Gamecock fans for free. We've also got the Beamer Ball stickers that you guys have probably seen on social media, and those are absolutely free for you all as well. So, again, we're giving out swag, we're selling merchandise, and we're having a damn good time at the tailgate at Sewell Spot 78. Hope to see you all out there before the Gamecocks take on the Bulldogs. And hopefully, hopefully, we're there after pulling off what would probably be the upset of the college football season. 
if it were to happen. But on that note, hey, let's go ahead and get into a Gamecocks taking on the Bulldogs noon kickoff on ESPN at Williams Bryce Stadium. Guys, of course, Wednesday we talked about the spread, the over-under, all that good stuff. South Carolina now sits right now as a 24 and a half point under all the over-under at 55. The series history, Georgia leads it overall 53-19 and 2. And the dogs have won the last two matchups. Of course, last year they won the game 40 to 13 in a game where Zeb Nolan started, got hurt. Luke Doty comes in. Uh, it was actually interesting. You know, Georgia, of course, the reigning national champions, JT Daniels started that football game. You might recall they brought in Stetson Bennett for like a play and he throws an interception. And of course, it turns out Stetson Bennett turns into this all world everything, leads the dogs to the national title. But uh, Georgia won it comfortably. Uh, a line of scrimmage was most certainly a deficiency then. And that's something the Gamecocks will look to overcome in this one. With that being said, let's dive into our top storylines for the game, and you got to start with the fact that the Dogs are the defending national champions, and number one is coming to town, and that is a very big deal. South Carolina, I believe I read the stat, is one and five all time against number one ranked teams, and of course, we know which game that was, right? It was the game against Alabama when Steven Garcia and the boys beat the number one ranked Crimson Tide. But any chance you have the opportunity to play the defending national champions, anytime you have the chance or the opportunity to play the number one team in the country, it's always a really, really big deal. Of course, Williams-Rice Stadium, it was announced, it is a sellout, will be packed. You know, Gamecock Nation is going to show up and show out. And what type of entertainment do they get in regards to the game. So again, the defending national champs, they're 2-0, and have looked as good as ever. Georgia still looks elite, beat Oregon 49-3 to in their first game. How does that factor in, man? Playing number one, the Gamecocks have played the number one dogs before when Georgia was the top-ranked team in the country. And, uh, you know, this series, you just never know. You never know. I mean, the last couple of years, it hasn't been close in some instances, but uh, in the South Carolina Georgia series, again, you just never know what you might get. So really, really interesting and really fun. Again, you don't always get an opportunity to play the defending national champs. You will have that tomorrow at Willie B. Guys, let's dive into on the field. Jordan Birch. I, I talked about Jordan Birch yesterday going on J.C. Sherbert show inside the Gamecocks and talked about him more in the Daily Crow. But uh, I thought Jordan Birch, you look back at the Arkansas tape and you look at that game, I actually thought Jordan Birch had a quality football game. You look at his numbers, double-digit tackles, had a couple tackles lost. Was he perfect? No, but I saw some positive signs from Jordan Birch. And listen, I was very critical of Birch in the preseason. And the reason I was critical is because we know the type of ceiling he has. You look at his recruiting profile. You look at his size, his athleticism, everything you can measure. We know what this dude is capable of. Again, I've told you guys this story before. One of my good buddies who works for Georgia right now, he told me, Chris, when we got him, he said, Chris, if this kid ain't a first-round draft pick, y'all have messed up. Now, the pressure's even more so on Jordan Birch. With Jordan Strawn going down with injury, can Jordan Birch now fill the void? Can he become the feature guy on the edge? Because you talk about this Georgia football team. You talk about a big physical offensive line, right? They're just going to do more of what Arkansas and Georgia State did and do it at so much higher of a level than either of those two teams. You look at what Stetson Bennett's done, throwing for over 300 in the first two games. He is playing like the best quarterback in the SEC right now. You need that edge rusher, right? Jordan Strawn is no more. Can Birch be that guy? Can he step up? Because, again, with Strawn out for the year, you need somebody else to step up. Hey, I know Gilbert Edmonds going to be out there, Terrell Dawkins, but Jordan Birch, for this pass rush, now at this point, for Jor for this pass rush to, I was going to say live up to the hype, but even be quality, Jordan Birch has to be that guy. He's got to be that dude off the edge. Can he fill the void of Strawn? Can he show against elite competition? 
I'm not saying go out there and play like Jadavion Clowney. I'm just saying take another positive step in being a big-time contributor. I liked what I saw last week. I want to see him take another step against the best team in all of college football. Guys, another big storyline is you talk about the wide receiver position, right? The first two weeks have been interesting. Jalen Brooks week one goes off. Antoine Wells last week. We have heard nothing from Josh Van. Jaheim Bell goes without a catch last week. I just wonder with this wide receiver room, as we look for a wide receiver one, we look for consistency from that position. Is it going to be something where on a week-in, week-out basis, it's a different guy? Does another new face shine at the receiver spot this week? Or is it Antoine Wells? He kind of slides in. Hey, he's the number one option. He's the number one dude. Granted, he did have seven catches in week one, so you could say he was the number one option then as well. But I wonder, is there another dude that breaks out this week or has Antoine Wells now established himself as the go-to guy? I still have not given up on Josh Van. Obviously, I think Jaheim Bell has to be much more involved in the passing game. I wouldn't be surprised to see, I don't know about this game, but Austin Stogner go off once or twice this year. Hey, where's Xavier Leggett been? Is the carry-on joiner healthy enough to contribute now at the receiver position? Is uh, you know Amarian Brown or some of those long passes, those deep balls finally going to hit? I'm just curious. Who's going to be that lead guy? Because I think we all agree you're going to have to spread Georgia out. You're going to have to throw the football. You can't just make a living in this one trying to run to the middle three yards in a cloud of dust because you're not going to beat Georgia playing their game. So when it comes to that receiver position and Spencer Rattler, is it Antoine Wells? Is he going to be now the go-to guy for the rest of the season? Or is it a new face this week shining at receiver? And it just we sort of see every single week because that can be a positive too, right? Because it means – you have a lot of depth, you have a lot of quality options, or do we start to kind of build and see some consistency and it's the same guys over and over that will be shining for this football team. Uh, another big storyline, guys, and, and I refer to J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur, an article he wrote yesterday on their on their website. Shout out to J.C. Again, I appreciate him having me on his show every single week. Have a blast talking with him, and of course, he's on the Daily Crow every Thursday talking ball as well. But uh, the article he wrote about physicality and the role – of physicality in this football game. And guys, listen, I, I know you're tired of talking about it. We're tired of talking about it. I'm tired of talking about it. USC's tired of hearing about it. I don't give a damn, though. Physicality and the line of scrimmage, until it gets fixed or until it improves, it has to be talked about. And it has to be a focal point, right? Because it's funny, as the week wears on, and I understand we've got to have hope and optimism and dreams going into every single game. I am not saying that. But let's make sure we address the problem or the elephant in the room is that for two straight weeks, you've gotten physically whipped up front at the line of scrimmage. Bottom line, end of discussion. 200 yards rushing for Georgia State and 295 against Arkansas. And you know what? Hey, that that there, there there's there's more to blame than just the four guys up front in the four two five. There's more to blame than just the defensive line. But as a whole, as a defense, the physicality has not been where it needs to be. Now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. I haven't lost hope and lost faith that it can get there. But it really does in this game. You better bring it because if you don't, you're out of it. You're out of it. And if I'm Clayton White, if I'm specifically Jimmy Lindsay and Greg Atkins. I am challenging my dudes this week, man. I'm challenging my young men going in this game because we can talk about coaching, and I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about coaching because, guys, them dudes make a lot of money, right? Them dudes make a lot of money to coach football. But at the end of the day, at some point, 
Coaches can only do so much. And guys, you know what? The guys on the field who are putting the pads on, they've got to go out and win their one-on-one matchups. They've got to go out and be the more physical on the field. They've got to go out and have it determined upon themselves, take it upon themselves. I am going to go whoop somebody's ass. I'm going to take down the man in front of me physicality, you look back at the history of this series, Carolina, Georgia, right? What's made it great. And those close games, South Carolina always played with a physicality. Even when the Gamecocks weren't that good, did not have great seasons. It always just felt like in this game, it was a bloodbath. It was an all out war. And I understand again, what's happened the first two weeks and a damn asshole like me, I've been as critical as any, and I'll continue to do so, by the way, that ain't never going away. I've been as critical as any though, but you know what? We've got SEC caliber football players up front. There are guys on that defensive front that Georgia wanted. That's a fact. Jordan Burke, Zach Pickens, look at them two right there. There's guys up front Georgia wanted. Let's go show it. Take it personally. Take it upon yourself. You know what? We are not letting Georgia run this football down our throat. It's just not happening. And I understand, listen, in the game of football, it's a lot more than just talking about it. As we're seeing, talking season don't mean jack shit if you can't go out there and back it up on the field because that's where you get lost in the preseason. Fans start throwing out these 10-win, 11-win, 12-win predictions. Talking season don't mean jack shit if you can't go out there and back it up. But, man, I'd be challenging our guys. I'd be challenging our guys because I want to believe, I really want to believe we are better than what we We've seen these first two weeks, especially in stopping the run. I want to believe that we are better than giving up 295 against Arkansas and give Arkansas all the credit in the world. That is a fantastic football team with a big physical offensive line. But I've got to believe we're better than that. I've got to believe it, man. I I want to see so desperately, and we all do, one of them close, old-fashioned, Carolina, Georgia, knockdown, drag out. I mean, guys, You think back like the early Spurrier years and like we weren't getting blown out by Georgia, man. These were close games. These were these were touchdown games. These were 10 point games. Why is it now all of a sudden this gap between Carolina and Georgia has gotten so wide? Bring physicality back in this one, man. Punch Georgia in the face. Go whoop their ass in the trenches. You do that, you're going to give yourself a chance at least to keep the thing competitive. And we can all live with that. We all understand the level Georgia's on, but physicality. I think JC put it beautifully. I think his point was phenomenal. Physicality. That's it. Be the more physical football team. And I know they're preaching that in the building. I'm not saying anything they don't already know, but damn it, go be the more physical football team. I can I can handle just getting beat, but damn it, I can't handle just being the more the less physical football team every single play. Moving on, guys, in the big top storyline for me, hey, we talk about quarterback play number 7, Spencer Rattler. This is a big one for him personally. Because you look at last week and you look at the first two weeks and folks are saying, has he lived up to the hype? We've only played two games, but has he lived up to the hype? You know, has he, has he met the expectations? And, and I'm not saying Spencer Rattler, guys, has played perfectly. He, he most certainly is not. You know, we talked to Anthony Trish on Wednesday. He talked about he wants to see way more than he's seen from Spencer Rattler. He's not satisfied at all 
with what Spencer Rattler has done. And I can understand that. You know why he's saying that again, guys? People say, well, that's just negative. He's being toxic. What a what a negative asshole he is. No, it's because he has high expectations for the guy. He's got high expectations. He knows how good seven can be. He wants to see that come out of him. We watched him in 2020 at Oklahoma. He wants to see that best version. So I want some of y'all to understand when people are saying stuff like that, he's not trying to down the kid. He's not trying to bring him down and beat him down and be toxic. He's just trying to say, you know what? There's more in that tank. There's more in there, right? He hadn't played great football the first couple of weeks, but this one's big for seven. This one's big for Spencer Rattler because you know what? This kid, hey, he wants to win as many as he can for South Carolina, but Spencer Rattler's got personal dreams and aspirations and goals as well. The NFL, and I can tell you this, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of scouts on hand tomorrow watching them guys from Georgia and watching Spencer Rattler and taking note of his play as well. Does Spencer Rattler, elevate the play of his team around him. This is his biggest test yet, right? I, I thought last week, I'd say he passed. I, I'd say he passed. I think all things considered, what he's got around him, I'd say Spencer, Spencer Rattler passed his first test. No doubt. But as Anthony Treese pointed out, things around him also have to get better. But Spencer's got to do his part. So I'm excited to see. It's a great opportunity for him. It's a great opportunity on a huge stage, national TV audience, you know, to go show the college football world. Hey, look at this. I just short torched the Georgia secondary, right? I'm still that guy. I'm still this dude. I am the dude. I'm one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. I've at least got that skill set and that talent. You know what? Maybe my team around me is not exactly where I'd like it to be. Maybe we're not going to beat Georgia, but I'd love to see Seven go out there play a game. And you know what, guys? I told you this before the season. When it comes to a game like this, you're a massive underdog. We all understand the, 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 the likelihood or lack thereof that you're going to go out there and beat Georgia. But when you've got a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, you have a chance. You, you have a chance because just what if? What if he goes off? What if it's his day? What if it's clicking? We've seen it before firsthand. What if with Spencer Rattler? I cannot wait to watch his play because, you know, he, he's going to get too much the credit, too much the blame. We can talk O-line. We can talk receivers. We can talk play calling. We can talk running back. But it comes down to seven. We will go as far as seven takes us. We'll see how far that is tomorrow. Guys, another big storyline for me. Hey, the sellout. And it's a huge recruiting weekend, by the way. I know this is off the field, but uh, Nicholas Harbor obviously headlining a star-studded group of recruits and prospects. Uh, and I know, listen, I I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I know Gamecock Nation will show up, show out, and um, – you know, and, and pack that place out. Pack that place out for sure. Um, it, it's going to be a great environment. And hopefully, again, this team will hold up their end of the bargain. It's a great environment late in the football game as well. I, you know, if you want to help out the Gamecocks, you got plenty of ways to do it. NIL and, and you can give to the school, whatever. But show up. Be early. Be loud. Make life hell because you'd be surprised how little prospects care about, about uh, you know, on-field results and, oh, they won by this much or lost by this much or they won this many or lost this many. Well, I'm going to go here instead of there because they went seven and five instead of eight and four or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, they want to see that a fan base cares about football, supports their football team, is going to be there, is passionate, has an undying passion, create a raucous environment and show why Williams-Brice Stadium is regarded as one of the best environments in all of college football. Guys, my final storyline is this, and I won't apologize for thinking this way, most certainly, because I, I know that folks are going to hear this or, or when, when we have this commentary on Saturday afternoon, if it indeed does happen, and early next week, right? You're going to hear folks say, 
Oh, look at Gamecock fans searching for moral victories again. Oh, they're clinging for moral victories. He's talking about moral victories. But when you look at this game, okay, remove all the outside noise because that's what it is. It's outside noise. We're talking about building a program, okay? Building a program. And when it comes to building a program, you want to see progress, right? That's what we saw last year, progress. What was it we talked about all summer long? How you win and lose. I want to be able to leave this football game tomorrow and pull positives from the ball game. And you can do that in defeat, right? There's different ways to win and lose, most certainly different ways to lose. What type of performance do we see this team put together? Are we able to pull positives? I'm not saying, guys, throw a parade. I'm not saying be happy if you lose the football game, but it's about perspective and, and, and trying to keep things in perspective and understanding you're playing the number one team in the country, right? We're not in the locker room. I think that's where some fans get confused. We're not in the locker room. We don't have to have this rah-rah, we're going to go get them type. Man. We can look at it for what it is. And what it is is this. You're playing the defending national champs who are 24 and a half point favorites. Now, that's not to say I won't wake up tomorrow and have hopes and dreams. My garnet and black blood will be pumping and I'll, I'll convince myself in every which way we can win this football game. But if nothing else, I just want to see a team go out there, give Georgia hell for four quarters, right? I picked 35 to 17 in the preseason for my result in this football game. I'd take that right now in a heartbeat, right? Continue to show some explosiveness offensively. How about make some strides on the line of scrimmage? How about make some freaking strides up front? Show the college football world, if nothing else, like, okay, South Carolina's coming. They're coming. They're on the way. Right? So I just want to throw that out there in regards to this football game. And, and, and you know what? <sighs> I'm just thinking to myself, like, some are going to be sitting here listening, like, well, this is, we can win. Like, we can win, sure. But I'm just telling you, I'm setting proper expectations. Let's be prepared to, let's be able to pull positives from this football game. Obviously, if you win, it's great. We're popping bottles, popping champagne. We're smoking stogies. We're having us a damn good time, right? But pulling the positives offensively, defensively, especially on defense, young guys stepping up, new guys stepping up with injuries offensively. Spencer Rattler makes strides. You make strides all across the board, maybe even in play calling, again, line of scrimmage. I think you'll be able to pull positives from this football game. You keep this thing closed. All right, guys, let's dive into key matchups to watch and keys to the game as well. Before we do, guys, we've talked gambling a lot this week, and I want to tell you, of course, about our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down the Prize Picks app. Go to PrizePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market, folks, around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to five players, you can win up to 10 times on the entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against 
The projection, Price Picks allows mixed sports entries. So, for example, you can take the over on Spencer Rattler passing yards, parlay with the under on LeBron, parlay with the over on Mahomes. You can do NBA, NHL, MLB, and, of course, college sports, which is why we all love Price Picks. Price Picks also is a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Again, guys, it's a friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app. Go to pricepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Okay, let's dive into key matchups to watch. We will start on the defensive side for the Gamecocks. And guys, the 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 player I'm assigning here, this is who I think is going to be on this player a lot of the game, but this could change up. So I want to go ahead, throw that out there. I, I know it could be a different player. But no matter what, no matter who's covering him, Brock Bowers for Georgia at the tight end position is a problem. Brock Bowers is a problem. So my first key matchup, Devonnie Reed at the safety position matched up with Brock Bowers. I mean, Brock Bowers has got size, speed, physicality. You look at what he did last year as a true freshman, certainly going to be one of Stetson Bennett's favorite targets. And you look at Stetson, what he's done, guys, over 300 yards passing in the first two games. Now, with that being said, we all feel good about the secondary, right? But I just wonder if guys like David Spaulding, if Cam Smith, if R.J. Roderick, if they can't go or they're limited, who's going to step up? That matchup against Brock Bowers, because you're going to have to slow something down, man, either the run, the pass. I feel like Georgia can sort of pick and choose what they want to do. You need to take Brock Bowers out of this football game. So, again, Devonnie Reed against Brock Bowers, my first key matchup. I think that is a massive matchup in this game. My second key match I to watch when the Gamecocks are on offense and moving the fit football, I feel like Antoine Wells Jr. had sort of his welcome to the SEC moment, if you will. Eight catches for 189 and a touchdown. On the other side, Kelly Ringo, or Ke- Keely Ringo, however the heck you say his name, whatever. Keely Ringo, I think. Uh, fantastic player there for Georgia. That is the thing. I may not I know how to say his name, but I do know his statistics are r- real damn good. And you look at what he did last year, phenomenal player, like a preseason All-American, one of the best in college football that matchup between Antoine Wells Jr. Keely Ringo these are two dudes I think are going to play at the next level it's going to be a really really fun one fun to see and Antoine Wells I think is going to be Spencer Rattler's go-to target uh we'll see how he and Ringo match up but again two future guys you're going to see playing on Sundays going to be a lot of fun to watch that matchup on the outside and then my final key matchup guys to watch in this one go back to the defensive side I mentioned him earlier Jordan Birch against Stetson Bennett. When you talk about the recipe to an upset, you talk about the recipe to making this a fourth quarter game, you got to get in Stetson Bennett's face. You got to make him uncomfortable. You got to force some turnovers. Jordan Birch, I think, has just got to come into his own and be that guy. Uh, we can mention Gilbert Edmond. We can mention Terrell Dawkins. We, you know, we can talk about these other guys on the edge. Man, it's time. It's time. It's time for five to do it. If you did not know Jordan Burks now wearing number five, but it's time for five to do it, man. It's time for Jordan Burks to come into his own. It's time for him to be that lethal pass rusher, if you will. Stetson Bennett's not some fleet of foot dude. I mean, he can wiggle around a bit, if you will, but not some fleet of foot guy. So I, I want to see Jordan Burks win some one-on-one matchups. Like I said, love what I saw from him against Ar- the uh, in the Arkansas game. And Stetson Bennett has been phenomenal. If you're letting him sit back there, play seven on seven, I mean, guys, you guys have seen it the first two weeks. It's going to get really, really ugly, really, really fast. Jordan Birch, I think, needs to be a factor defensively. So, again, guys, my key matchups to watch, Devonnie Reed against Brock Bowers, Antoine Wells Jr. against Kelly Ringo, and Jordan Birch against Stetson 
Bennett. Let's dive into my keys to victory. What must South Carolina do in order to beat the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one ranked team in all of college football? Let's start first. You got to start fast. You, you look at the starts the Gamecocks have had. I know they've been more prevalent on the road than they have been at home. The road and home splits for Carolina are absolutely insane. I don't know why this team plays so much worse on the road. But even at home, we've seen it before, right? I look back at Auburn last year. You were down, what, 14-3 to in that ballgame. You look last week just alone. You were down 21-3 to to Arkansas. You have got to get off to a fast start in this one, right? I'm not saying you got to take a 14-0 lead. I'm not saying you got to do anything crazy like that. But you can't be out of the game after the first quarter. Georgia is just too good. They're going to put you away. You're not going to be able to climb out of some hole because Georgia's not going to let you. When they get their foot on your throat, they ain't going to let up. They're going to kill you. They're going to suffocate you to death. So you got to start fast in this one. Come out of the gate. I'll be really intrigued to see what that first drive looks like that Marcus Satterfield has scripted. I'll be very excited to see that. But start fast, my first key. My second key. In this game, bother Bennett. You got to get in Stetson Bennett's face. You got to make him uncomfortable like I just mentioned. Get him on his heels. You are going to have to force turnovers to win this football game. Guys, there ain't no, well, maybe if we do or – no, no, no. You have to. I mean, look at 2019 and what you did. I think it's got to be a similar recipe for success. You got to get two or three picks, a fumble, whatever. You got to get the ball off the Georgia Bulldogs, steal a couple possessions. You know how you do that? You get in Stetson Bennett's face. So bother Bennett's my second key. And my third key, man, just hang around. Hey, just mess around and hang around. Sit down, have a cup of coffee. Stay a while. Why not? Look up in the fourth quarter. Hey, we're down seven. We're down seven. All of a sudden, us Gamecocks, we're crazy enough to believe we can win this ball game. Hang around. Just hang around. Be pesky. Hang around. Muddy the game up. Hang around. Like I said, all of a sudden, you look up, and Willie B shaking with five minutes to go. Give yourself a chance late. That goes hand-in-hand hand with start fast, but just hang around, man. I'm not, I'm not saying you got to go, Georgia scores a touchdown, you score a field goal. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, stay in the ball game. Just stay in the ball game. Don't let the dogs take all the momentum. You just want to be in some sort of striking distance when you get late in that game. So my three keys to the game, yet again, start fast, bother Bennett, and hang around. That's it. Guys, let's dive into... My prediction, a.k.a. the A1 Air Quality Consultants Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Guys, first, let me tell you about our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. They're giving corporate services for working man prices. They got over 20 years in the mold industry and 10 years in the asbestos industry. They use the most modern scientific technology for highly accurate results. And they perform the following services. Mold testing air in service, allergen testing air for pollen, dust, etc. Asbestos testing in building materials, asbestos air testing to make sure it's not airborne, air monitoring services during abatement projects, and E. coli testing surface and water. Guys, for more information, be sure to give them a call today at 864-619-2092. That's 864-619-2092. You can also find them on Twitter at A1AirQuality1 and on Instagram at A1AirQualityConsultants. For any other questions, just go to their website. They're at A1AirQualityConsultants.com. That's A1AirQualityConsultants.com. 
Guys, let's dive into my lead pipe lock of the week brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. And be sure, by the way, when you go check them out, you tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. South Carolina, Georgia, need I say more? If I've got to get you fired up for this one, well, folks, you ain't got a pulse. It's a sellout. 80,000 strong will be at Willie B. And I know. Listen, I know it's going to be a lot, a lot of Bulldogs, but it's going to be a lot more Gamecocks, a lot of Garnet and Black in that stadium, okay? Carolina, Georgia. I used to love this game growing up, man. For those that don't know, I'm from, born and raised North Augusta, South Carolina, right there on the border, right, of South Carolina and Georgia. Savannah River separates the two states. And so I became a diehard fan, end of 02, beginning of 03. So at that time, of course, you all know, Clemson was just sort of a five, six win, seven win per year program, kind of like what USC was. And Georgia was elite with the likes of David Pollock, David Green, right? Craig Lumpkin, Danny Ware, Thomas Brown, you know, uh, who else? Ronnie Brown, I think his name was, whatever. Had a bunch of guys. Greg Blue. We all remember those old teams, those old Georgia teams. Mark Richt is their head coach. They had that thing rolling. Growing up, I hated Georgia. I still hate Georgia. I think I hated Georgia, though, more than I hated Clemson because of the fan base. Just They always beat us. They always found a way. And these games were always close, it felt like. Always down to the wire. Now, we turned the tide on the dogs, no doubt, when Steve Spurrier took over as head coach. But this series, it just hits different, man. South Carolina, Georgia, it just means a little more. You got all these South Carolina guys on the Georgia roster and all these Georgia guys on the Carolina roster. A lot of familiarity between the staffs, between the rosters. Hey, I also didn't mention this earlier, right? Will Muschamp's return to Willie B? Fuck Will Muschamp. I'll go ahead and just put that out there. But either way, not really a big deal that we're going to discuss here. Um, anyways, though, a lot of familiarity between the coaching staffs, the rosters, all that good stuff. I'm excited and I'm fired up, right? How can you not be, like I said? If, if I need to get you ready to go for this one, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So we can be fired up. We can be excited. We all are. Then you look at the matchup on the field. I picked this as a 35-17 to 17 loss in the preseason, which I thought at the time, you know what, 18-point loss? It's not what we want. But it's more so a tip of the cap to Georgia, the number one team in college football, the defending national champions, than it is an indictment on this USC football team and this program. 200 yards rushing surrendered against Georgia State. 295 surrendered against Arkansas. I don't have the exact statistics pulled up in front of me, for offensive rushing stats. But it's around, what, 50 yards against Georgia State, and you take the sack yardage away around 63 against Arkansas. Those numbers do not bode well going into this. So, if the Gamecocks are going to do the unthinkable, right? Let's just have some fun for a second. If they're going to do the unthinkable, Pull off yet another stunner like they did back in 2019. Number one, it will go against everything 
that has happened to this point. Offensively, you will have to get a push up front, and defensively, you will have to slow down the run. Note I didn't even say stop the run. I said slow down the run, right? Similar to 2019, you're going to have to force multiple turnovers and win the turnover battle. You might recall in that game, Israel McQuamu had three interceptions, had a pick six. You need a defensive touchdown. You probably need a special teams touchdown. Beamer ball has got to play a big role in this one, right? And seven, seven, he's got to play the game of his life. You do all those things. I think you look up and in the fourth quarter, I think you got a shot. And again, if you can get to the fourth quarter, I say down 10 or less, all bets are off. Anything can happen. Because a raucous Willie B with an 80,000 that'll be just inebriated enough and just excited enough to believe that it's possible. If you get to that point, who knows? Who knows? But as you all know, I'm not here to... I'm not here to give you all fantasy land predictions. If I wanted to make people feel good for a living... I'd sell ice cream. But instead, I'm here with you all, talking South kind of football, taking on Georgia. You look at this game. Weather the storm early. Weather the storm early. Muddy it up. Make it a bloodbath. Punch Georgia in the face. Hey, empty the kitchen sink when it comes to. When it comes to the play calling. We ain't got no excuse this week. Open up the playbook. Throw it all out there, right? I don't even know if empty the kitchen sink is a thing, but I just said it. Throw the kitchen sink at them. Empty the playbook. Whatever. You know what I meant. Leave no stone unturned. You got any trick plays? You got any gadget plays? Use them. You want to throw Dak Joyner at quarterback for a series? Do it. Like, we should be trying everything. And defensively, I think defensively what the game plan's got to be because what's so scary, you already lost Strawn and Kaba. You might be down a, a couple more key guys. I've heard some disturbing rumors in regards to guys that will not play tomorrow, right? I think you've got to be the aggressor in this football game, both offensively and defensively. You are not going to line up and beat Georgia at their own game. You're just not going to do it. You've got to force the issue, Right? You've got to try to force some things to happen. If you try to do that and Georgia plays their A game and, and they overcome and they're just too good, I can live with that. What I can't live with is just sitting back and allowing Georgia to work like freaking tacticians. Just, oh, we're going to put you here, do this to you, and and we just take it. I, I can't live with that. And as I just mentioned, guys, you like it or not, If Georgia plays their A game tomorrow, it does not matter what we do. And I don't say that as a sign of disrespect or indictment on our team, because here's the reality. There's only one team in college football, in my mind, that can beat Georgia if they play their A game, and that's Alabama. So you need to bank on Georgia playing their C or worse game You play your A game. You benefit from turnovers. And then maybe just maybe you look up in the fourth quarter and you're in the ballgame. While I hope all that happens, I simply can't predict it. 
I, I just, from what we've seen, you got to pick based off what you've seen and what you feel like you know versus what you hope. So you look at this one, guys, Georgia's elite. You just have to tip your cap, line of scrimmage. They have the advantage on both sides. I don't see a position you have the advantage. I'll be totally honest. The only thing you could maybe argue is quarterback because Spencer Rattler is a more talented player. But I don't think Stetson Bennett probably gets the love and, you know, and the the recognition, I should say, that he deserves. I think Georgia, the the distance between these two teams right now, I think the gap is massive. It was already going to be a tall task defensively. Now you lose Kaba and Strawn. You've got a couple of key guys that'll be ailing that may not even play. And then again, offensively, guys, offensively and defensively, you've got a line of scrimmage that has gotten no push and has had no success stopping the run. If we talked about last week that that was a bad matchup against Arkansas, well, then what is this? What is this? I I think the dogs will have their way. South Carolina has shown a disturbing tendency to get off to slow starts. And granted, they're at home, so maybe it's not quite as sluggish a start. But but I could see this being a 24 to 3 type of game at halftime. I I just and again, I'm not saying all this because I picked this as a loss in the preseason in conjunction with picking an eight and four season. But Georgia's Georgia. They're legit. They're elite. They're on a different level than everybody else in college football outside of Alabama who's on the same level as them. I think Georgia will show, I mean, they are clicking on all cylinders through two weeks. And again, you bank on and you hope that maybe. Maybe Georgia's overrated. Maybe Oregon's not all that good. And obviously, Sanford, Sanford. But um, until South Carolina shows me, I, I just can't bank on the fact they're going to show up up front. I, I think Georgia's physicality, I think their depth, that will wear down the Gamecocks. Um, I, I think Georgia will win the battle at the point of attack. Again, I think physicality, they will dominate the line of scrimmages. I think it'll make for a pretty easy day for Georgia offensively. They'll just kind of be able to do whatever they want to do. Uh, and, and then, you know, defensively and offensively for South Carolina, how do you attack Georgia? How do you attack them? Because they've got, you know, they lost all those guys on that 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 uh, record-setting defense last year. But this new crop of guys, guys, it's just next year's NFL draft picks. I think it'll be a struggle for the Gamecocks. I will say this: a Georgia defense that has not given up a touchdown yet. I think the Gamecocks score the first touchdown against Georgia's defense. But I think it's a very, very long day at Williams-Brice Stadium. I think Georgia's for real. Again, they will bully the Gamecocks all afternoon. And unfortunately, I, I think the only way South kind of covers, I think if you're betting on the plus 24 and a half, you're betting on can South Carolina's ones steal a late touchdown on the Georgia twos and threes? Because I think Georgia is going to have their twos and threes in late in this game. Uh, so I'll go ahead and get locking in my lead pipe lock of the week. Brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Give me Georgia 41, South Carolina 10. That is my prediction. Uh, again, I, I just, I think Georgia's for real. I think they're legit. I know folks won't be happy with that. I think we'll all walk away frustrated, even more frustrated than some of the folks you've seen on social media this week. But you know what? It is what it is. You keep it moving. I, again, I picked this as a loss in the preseason, just a tough start of the year. Uh, Georgia is just even more of what Arkansas and Georgia State were, and they are by far the best version of it that you have seen to this point. So again, lock me in. I got Bulldogs 41, Gamecocks 10. So with that being said, we'd love to hear you guys' thoughts, your predictions. How do you feel this game will go tomorrow at Williams-Brice Stadium? Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Before we get out of here, though, we got a couple listener questions. 
to get into. And again, guys, let me say, I re- I've received all your messages, all your DMs, man. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support, TSUS. The merchandise side of the business, the brand as a whole, the podcast, the Daily Crow, all that good stuff, man. I, I just can't say enough good things about you guys and how grateful I am and and, and truly appreciative, and it means the world. You guys rock with us, man. Um, so, anyways, let's get into – here we go. Let's get in these listener questions. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, Ecarch08, true or false? As it sits today, defense is a bigger concern than offense. I, I think, E. Karch, that's absolutely true. I mean, you look at the run defense, and, and, I, and I know the opponents you've played, but Georgia most likely is going to run for over 200. No doubt. I, I'd be shocked if they didn't, right? So, yeah, I, I think defense is, is most certainly a bigger concern. That defensive front, that run defense has got to get solved. You ain't going to hit six wins, I think, if you can't stop the run any better. Uh, George uh, George Manettis just says, in all caps, can we win? Uh, no, I don't I don't think we can win. Realistically, no, I, I don't think we can. Uh, Bobby Light SC, what can Clayton do to help us stop the run? God, maybe he can go out there and play linebacker. Uh, I just in this game, I, I think uh, I think just be aggressive, man. Be the aggressor, you know. Bring it, commit to it, commit to stopping the run. But even if you do that, I don't know if that's enough. David underscore Barn seventy six. Last question just says uni prediction. I'm gonna go big game garnet, white garnet, garnet, garnet face mask. I think it's what they'll go. White garnet, garnet, garnet face mask. The big game garnets always pop. Guys, that is it. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much yet again for the love and support. Hey, come on out to Seawells. We got koozies and towels for sale. We got koozies and stickers to give away. Going to be one hell of a day. Great weekend to have a weekend and a horrid weekend to be a dog. Folks, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for yet another successful week. I appreciate all the love, all the support. I'll leave you with this. Go Cox to hell with Georgia. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Monday.